This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 60th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today is my special guest. I have the Mariners play-by-play TV announcer Dave Sims in our studio. Dave's a longtime sports radio and TV man. Before I go further with this interview, Dave, I'm going to give you a little more of an introduction. I want to recognize my engineer today, Daniel Bellis. Daniel is the host of the Fresh Juice Show at Rainier Avenue Radio. Uh, we have a lot of good things going on at our station. We have a sports department. We have shows hosted by Rick Dupree, Granville Emerson, Renat Laurent hosts a great show, uh, Lidline Sports, Masvita Marari hosts a show, Seattle Sports Weekly. We also have shows hosted by uh, Masvita and Pat McCarthy in the Seattle Metro Sports Conference. And uh, Mark Bryant has a really good fitness-based show, Fitness Corner. Uh, we have some good TV I'm sorry, TV. We have some good uh, news shows, political shows, music shows, a lot of great things going on at our online station. Uh, Sports and Stuff show. My show's been around now for over two years and a lot of fun. Uh, most of my interviews are on Twitter. I'm sorry, on my PLSLobsters.com and Mixcloud. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Well, let me get back to you, Dave. Um, Dave Sims grew up in Philadelphia. He attended, I learned, Bethany College in West Virginia. Um, Dave played college football and baseball. Uh, Dave started his career as a sports writer for the New York Daily News. Uh, gosh, you look at Dave's career. He's done so much play-by-play in radio, worked at ESPN, doing college basketball and college football, been a Sunday night football host. Um, he was once the voice I learned of the Temple Owls. Yeah, Temple Owls, 19, what did I do, 1990, 91, and 92. That was a lot of fun. We had one winning season, two bad, two really bad seasons, but it was a great, great learning. But still experience. had fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I believe Dave is the 2019 Washington State Broadcaster of the Year. Uh, twenty, yeah, 2018. Yeah, we got the award in uh, June down in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Pretty cool. National Sports Media Association. That's really cool. Thank Dave's you. been with the Mariners now since about 2006 as a play-by-play guy. Well, Dave, Dave, we're a little more about your career and. Have a conversation about a whole bunch of topics. And sure. thank you so much for coming on Sports and my, Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. My pleasure, Paul. Good to see you again. You too, Dave. Good to see you again. We have, nice to meet the set for the second time. Well, Dave, so many people in the Pacific Northwest, other parts of the country, um, they know your voice. They know your, your face as a radio and TV guy. But tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get the bug to go into sports broadcasting? Um, been around athletics all my life. My father worked at the uh, Philadelphia Post Office, the main post office at 30th Street where Amtrak comes and comes through. And he worked his way up into a white-collar position, played softball. We used to, he used to take my brother and I to his softball games at Fairmount Park in Philly. He eventually ran the post office, a softball league and basketball league. In addition to that, Philly being a great sports town, you know, we, football, baseball, basketball, hockey came along when I was in high school. We went to all the games. I mean, we went – I got to see Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell in person. Wow. I got to see Jim Brown play against the Eagles. I got to see Willie Mays on a regular basis, Clemente, Aaron, that whole generation. So I've been around it all my life. I was a decent athlete in high school, um, uh, four years baseball letterman, three years ba- uh, three years football, two basketball. And, uh, you know, I, I was a pretty good athlete, and I said, you know, the scouts aren't knocking down my door. If they, <laughs> if they, if they do ring, I'll answer. But, you know, there's – I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody said, you know what, you can still be a part of that and be in sports media. And I always had an affinity for broadcasters and listening to games, you know, the the, the typical story of the transistor radio under the pillow, you know, the Phillies run the West Coast, you listen to them. And, you know, I just fell in love with it a long time ago. I, I mean, I, I fell in love with it. I had to have been seven, eight years old, maybe even five. And then when I figured out, I probably was in early in high school, in terms of trying to be in the sports media, I, 
I started writing for the newspaper when I wasn't playing ball. So, you know, that's how, that's how that gets started. But, I mean, being, being from Philly, which is a great sports town. Tough sports town, too. Huh? Very. Oh, absolutely. And I think <laughs> that, uh, that being from that environment uh, was very helpful because uh, it's, a, it's a rugged business. Dave, if you did not go the sports broadcasting career route, what do you think your career choice would have been? I have no idea because this is what I wanted to do. I didn't. It was this. It was you know singular, singularly focused tunnel vision. Uh, you know, more of an arts and science guy than I am of uh, the arts, as opposed to the sciences. Uh, so it might have been something in that regard. I mean, even now. Over the last few years, I've, been, I've done a lot of work with aspiring broadcasters. And my wife and I used to have a program before we got the Mariner job where we called Athleticense, and we worked with D1 athletes on the importance of knowing how to perform in front of the media and how you can make it work for you as opposed to working against you and certain tips and things that will get you over the hump and be successful in your presentation, win, lose, draw, and we did that for about seven years, and the Mariner job came along. Great. little little media education that you and your wife have done as well. Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with the Mariners television broadcaster, Dave Sims. Dave, by the way, how did you get the Mariners gig in about 2006? I know you're an East Coast guy. How'd yeah, you 2007 uh, was when I started. Yeah, but the, the reach out was right around Halloween of 2006. And like so many stories in this world, in, in this country, yeah. it's 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 who you know uh, a lot of times. And it was a situation where he's now my boss, but he was uh, – Kevin Martinez was the uh, marketing department. I think he was running the marketing department. I'd met him 20 years prior when he was a student at Syracuse with my brother-in-law. And I was doing WNBC sports night five nights a week, 7.30 to midnight when there was no games on. And they were students at Syracuse late 80s, and I did some liners for them, and that's how I met them. And I remember doing an ESPN game in like 04, 03, 04 in Seattle, and I said, hey, anything ever happens out here, let me know. I'd like to – Seattle's nice. I'd like to come out here. My wife likes it out here. So I forgot about it. And then next thing I know, I get a phone call. My brother-in-law says, hey, Kevin says you need to call. There's an opening. Ron Fairley was leaving, pushed, whatever. And uh, one thing led to another, and I got the job. Yeah, we've had a great run here. And I, I think a bunch of us were just kind of curious how an East Coast guy like Dave Sins about to see out with this. Well, guy. it's a baseball job. I mean, yeah. come on. It's a baseball job. It's one of 30, 30, you know, 30 gigs in a business. And somebody offers you an opportunity to, uh, to do Major League Baseball. And having grown up with Major League Baseball playing every, every kind of baseball game there is, you know, varsity in college, varsity in high school. Uh, dice game, board games, magnetic bat games, stick ball, half ball. I mean, you stratomatic, stratomatic, right, any iteration right. of baseball. Right. I mean, it was right in the wheelhouse. Well, we've had a great run, Dave. You, uh, I mentioned the introduction. I believe you were named in 2018 or 2019. Make sure I have the year right. That is Washington State uh, Sports Cast of the Year. That, that's obviously a great career highlight. Can you mention some other uh, career highlights that that you've been really proud of in your career? Well, I, I got an award. From another association, it was blank, and I got the it was award the Lindsey Nelson Award for football broadcasting. And Lindsey Nelson was one of my broadcast heroes growing up. I used to always love uh, listening to him. Uh, you know, Sunday mornings. You know, after a series of punt we moved, punts, we moved the further action in the third quarter. O.J. Simpson, <laughs> the tailback, and the tail of the tandem. That whole thing. I love that guy. And there's about twenty other guys I could 
name who were influences at broadcasting wise, but that was one. What was his name again? That, uh, that Lindsey Nelson. Lindsey Nelson. Yeah, he was voice of the uh, the Mets when they won in '69. Did networks? Did ABC, NBC, CBS. I uh, got a couple of Emmys. I got an Emmy for doing Biggie's football in 1993. 1997 got an Emmy for doing uh, Atlantic 10 basketball. Uh, did the A10 tournament at the Spectrum in Philly. So those are the ones that come to mind right now. Great, great, great distinctions. Uh, do, do you like is baseball your favorite sport to broadcast? I get asked that all the time. It's the one I'm doing now, and and that question it's like asking which one of your children do you love more. They're right. all great. They all have. I mean, so many pluses, so many exciting moments. There are three different sports, and I thoroughly enjoy each and every one of them. And, and from, what, 2007 to 2014, I would go right from baseball into Sunday afternoon or Sunday night football and then right into basketball. I don't do quite, as, I don't do quite that load anymore, but uh, I had, I've, had, I've had a good run. There's no question. Well, excuse the lack of an original question there, but I was still still curious. Uh, Paul Schneiderman, again, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Daniel Billis as the engineer today with the Mariners TV man, Dave Sims. All right, Dave, so the 2019 Major League Baseball season is not over yet. We know the Washington Nationals will be making their first World Series. We're going to see what happens in the Yankees-Astros Series. Other than the Nationals making the World Series, what are some other highlights you see of the 2019 MLB season? Well, uh, Mike Trout continues to put up ridiculous numbers. I mean, he's the best player in baseball. At this rate, he's going to go down as probably a top ten guy, maybe even a top top six or seven guy. Other, you know, I've pretty you know at this stage of the year, I pretty much flush all of that and get <laughs> ready for the next season. I've enjoyed. I've been enjoying the playoffs. I enjoyed the Washington run. I, I think I'm right on the money with Houston. I, I think mid-season, maybe at the three-quarter poll, I picked Houston to beat the Yankees because of their superior pitching, their starting pitching. Their bullpen's good. The Yankee bullpen's good. But the Yankees, Houston doesn't strike out. They put the ball in play. They do a lot of really good things offensively, and their depth is ridiculous. The Yankees swing for home runs more, probably more so than, than Houston, and their front-line pitching is not, is not uh, comparable to Houston. So... I think what Houston's been able to do with their their step back and rebuild has been very impressive. I think what Washington did nineteen and thirty one at like June one and to come back and be in a World Series is tremendous. Great comeback. First World Series since thirty three. They haven't won one since twenty four. Uh, I think th- those are those are the two big things that jump out at me. I mean, you could probably go through a whole bunch of individual things, but on, on a on a macro scale, those are the ones that jump out at me. Good highlights. You know, it's like with sports seasons, you always kind of think of certain highlights of each season, like the NBA 2004 right. year or whatever, the NFL 85 year. You know, people always think of a couple highlights per season. I think you gave me some good ones. Um, Dave, you're one of the few African-American play-by-play commentators in baseball. And you recently were the MC or the moderator of a uh, Mariners African-American heritage event this year at T-Mobile Park. I watched a bunch of it online, really enjoyed it. Um couple of questions I have. One, do you have any general thoughts about why there's so few African-American players and broadcasters right now? Yeah, it's um, – I, I feel like I'm in the last the last or next to last generation that really gives a darn about baseball. It's – you know, I hear – I hear uh, that it's starting to change. I'll believe it when I see more guys, more kids playing D1 college basket, uh, baseball uh, – see more guys getting up here to the major leagues. I hear a lot of times from kids that are very good athletes 
and I know from when we did the African American heritage thing with the Mariners, you know, if you're going to be a baseball player, you know, you're going to have to ride the bus at least a year, maybe two years, maybe even three. And as opposed to if you're a stud athlete and, and football or basketball, you can go right to the pros and make crazy money. See Kyler Murray uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. But I think in terms of where football is right now and the, the injuries, particularly the injuries that, you know, the brain injuries, I would think that I'd like to think and hope that more moms and dads, and this is nothing against my, my friends in football, but sure, you look at that and you're going, and Malik Smith even said, hey, during that forum, you know, I can play 20 years. Big Frank Thomas told me the same thing. I can play 20, 20 years, make unbelievable money, be a part of the best union on the planet, maybe in the history of the planet, and for the most part, come out of it intact physically and mentally. Those are some some interesting checkpoints there to consider. The I think we got to do a much better job in baseball and projecting how cool this game is. It's different from basketball and football, but it's such a great game. I mean, I still get I still get cheer, uh, chills when I think about and I look at tape of or video of Jackie Robinson, Mickey Mantle, Koufax, Drysdale, Gibson, Mays, that whole thing. I mean, there was a lot of cool factor there in, in, in baseball. We no have doubt. to get back to that, and we have to market the game better. And I, I'm a big Mike Trout fan, and I, and I know Mike a little bit. And I, I just want to say, dude, you got to help us promote the game, man. You got to help. You're the number one player in the game. You've got to get out there. I know you. You know, I, I just want to play ball. I want to wake up to the sound of the ocean. I get that. I'm with you. But we need you to promote the game. He's not a big social media guy, Mike Trout. No. You know, he's a, a fe- great kid. Don't get me wrong. He's a great kid. Great player, I, I, too. I hold him in high esteem. There's some feelings, Dave, that maybe baseball could do more to promote the game in the inner cities. They obviously do a lot in Latin America, and there's some I'll feeling see. maybe Major League Baseball thank, could do more. Thank God for the Latin American players. Right. So I've heard that sentiments a lot, that maybe yeah. they could get some more African-American players involved. Yeah. Dave, something else I want to ask you about is I believe – I think you mentioned this at that forum – that I think in September of this year, the M's had 10 African-American yeah. players in their roster. I think that was more than any other, any other Major League roster. They had by a lot. By a lot. Is that just a coincidence or is there more to it? You'd have to ask Jerry and those guys. I think a coincidence is part, probably some of it. You know, I, I, I've not sat down and asked if that has been a direct – you know, objective, but it certainly worked out nicely that, you know, we've got, and it's a pretty good breakdown in terms of position players. I mean, uh, Justin Dunn, Reggie McLean, Justice Sheffield, Art Warren, and the, bull, and, and the pitching staff. You got uh, Kyle Lewis. I mean, we could, I could name everybody, but it, 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 it works out really well. Uh, I hope a lot of those guys, if not all of them, make the team next year. Yeah, as that guy told you in this interview, right before this interview started, I really enjoyed watching the Mariners in September with some of those young, young players. It was fun. Yeah, you hope that their maturity uh, grows exponentially and, and and their ability and their ability to adapt to the game grows quickly. The scary thing is Houston, their window is probably going to be open for another couple, easy, another two years, if not four years. Uh, I know they're, they're going to have some people they have to sign. A's don't seem to be going away, and it'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, I don't expect Joe Madden to do an immediate turnaround with the Angels, but, you know, they're going to be looking to pick things up. Ditto Texas, so it's a very competitive division. Houston is just flat-out deep. Oh, they're so good. I mean, really ridiculous. deep. Paul Schneiderman again on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with the Mariners TV man Dave Sims. we got about 10 more minutes left or so, Daniel. So, Dave, um, I'm going to throw out some facts for you. But Felix Hernandez question. 
And you've, you've covered him for so many years. It's about 2007. All right, let me throw out some stats. So an incredible 2009 through 2014 stats line starts ERA. 36 all-time in strikeouts at 2,500. Six youngest player to get to 2,500 strikeouts. Six-time All-Star. Give me a couple, a couple more stats I'm going to give you. Cy Young Award winner. Finished in the top 10 five other times. Ten seasons where he pitched 190-plus innings. Many quality pitching starts that were losses or not, no decisions. Yeah. Um, I believe he ranks right around with Warren Spahn, the number of non-win quality starts. So does Felix have a Hall of Fame case? Oh, yeah, he's got a case. I mean, I'm not a voter. Uh, and these days, that really take a microscope to all the numbers. And I think that a lot of those things that you just read, and I think of the dominance, you know, those non-wins, those great quality starts, and I think it was, you know, can remember him going seven, eight innings and losing games. I mean, I think he's got, what, 169 career wins. He should easily have 215, 230. That might hurt him, but then on the flip side, his, what, 13-12 and 12 record, I think it was, the year he won the Cy, was because of all the numbers that they took to the nth level, and which showed that, you know, his dominance during that co- the course of that year. And I think it was the next – was it the year before, I think, when Granke won it one year, and even Granke, I thought, uh, thought he was going to – that Felix was going to win it. And I remember another year, Kluber won it, and Kluber thought Felix was going to win it. I mean, he, Felix could easily have three Cy Youngs. Right. Easily. Good point. Easily. So another, another part of this question I want to ask you is, okay, Koufax had about six really good years. And, right. and I'm not comparing necessarily Felix to yeah, Koufax. please don't. No, I'm not. But, <laughs> I, but, but Koufax had six really good years. Felix had some you know, five or six, seven good years too. Would Felix's case be better if he had retired like at Koufax, age 31 or so? No, I don't think so. I don't think – because you look at some of Koufax's years. He went 27-3 and three one year, something ridiculous sure, sure. like that. And, you know, with a sub-2-3 ERA. I mean, I don't think you can – you can't put Felix in that same conversation. I don't think. Fair uh, enough. Those Fair six enough. years that Koufax had were just ridiculous. I mean, his winning percentage, he was what, eight – he was had to have been 800-plus in, in, in all five, six of those years. And I think one, one year, 25 and 5, 27 and 3, 26 and 7. I mean, just incredible numbers. I'm thinking back to that old line in the 1988 vice presidential debate when Lloyd Benson said to Dan <laughs> Quill, You're no Jack Kennedy. I, Felix, you're no. That's a good you know, yeah, no Sandy Koufax. With all due respect. All due respect, yeah. yeah. Still, though, I think mean, there's a little bit of a loose analogy there. That, you yeah, know, very, yeah. You know, because you got some like you got some players in sports. Like Gail Sarah's played like five or six good years. Hall of Famer. Famer. I think he played, I think he only played like 90 games. Yeah, yeah. Just food for thought. Well, I, anyhow, I'd like to see Felix in the conversation one day. Oh, we'll, he's definitely we'll going to be in the conversation. There's no question we'll find about out. that. Okay, so the general manager, Sal Maris, who I, who I was on my show in late August, Jerry DePoto, he came up with a line that he wants to reimagine the roster. You watch the Mariners in spring training, 162 games a year. Do you like this whole step-back plan? Do you think it's the right plan for the future? Uh, I hope it speeds up. Um, I know from my thought, and I know when I spoke with Nellie Cruz, when Nellie came in in uh, May, I guess it was, and I said, what was your story? He said, did you want to stay here? He says, yeah, I wanted to stay here. Love it here. He said he thought <clears throat> they'd get one or two more pieces to the 89-win uh, club from the 18 season and go forward from there, give it one more shot, then maybe break it up. And that was my thought um, even before I spoke with Nelly. So you hope it works. Yeah. You hope it works. I mean, you know as well as I do, you draft 10, 12 guys. You're lucky if two make it. Right. And you're lucky if one's a superstar. So 
there's a, there's a lot of hope involved here. And at some point, there's got to be at least one or two editions of, you know, top-end, high-end quality. You just can't have a bunch of middle-of-the-road guys. you got to have at least one alpha dog, if not two. And right now, there's no alpha dog on this club. And uh, competing against Houston, I mean, you look at that. I mean, George Springer leads off and, you know, counting the playoffs. He's got, as we record this, 41 home runs. You kidding me? Come on. Yeah, it really is a, a mismatch in the AL West in many ways. You know, I, I don't follow it as close as you do, Dave. I'm, I'm more of a casual fan. But when I saw that Cleveland had 93 wins this year and didn't make the wild card, it kind of sent a message to some fans that we'd have another 87-88 win season with the roster, similar roster we had last year, and the same thing would have happened. Last year, I refer to the 2018 team. Yeah, 80, yeah we, uh, Mariners won 89 games in 18. I mean, this year was, what, 68 and – what was it, 68-94? Right. Um so the question what is is what Cleveland well, question, won, Cleveland had a Cleveland had a bad stretch and they came on and contended late um and they had a lot of pitch a lot of pitching inju- uh, injuries but uh was it the police act kid Clevenger came back uh what's the kid's name uh, the Bieber kid pitched well so they yeah they had some surprising uh, developments in that regard Lindor was out for a long time Ramirez didn't hit till late so I may have articulated that that point or question a minute ago. I was just making the point that I don't know if the M's would have gotten 95-plus wins if they left the roster intact from 2018. I mean, we'll never know. I mean, I wouldn't have expected Diaz to come back with 57 um, saves again, but I also expected Nelly to do what he, pretty much what he did this year with the, the 40. He had almost 40 home runs, had his best slugging percentage of his career. Now, Cano got hurt. Uh, you know, Paxson had had some tough times, but he had some dominant times. I just thought, you know, for my for my money, I could see a, a step back, a reimagining, whatever you want to call it. I could see that in the future, but I just thought they would give it one more shot. Gotcha, gotcha. A lot of people have have, have that have those same opinions, Dave. It's 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 obviously a, a judgment call, Dave. You know, you covered a team this year that went sixty eight ninety four, and but this may let me ask this question. Um, do you think in some respects as a broadcaster, do you feel any more freedom and creativity covering a losing team in some weird ways than a winning team? I don't know, but, well, freedom and creativity, yeah, yeah, you definitely have to dig deep. I mean, the way I look at it, and I've, I've man, I've, I've done games, you know, that's the end of the third quarter here in Morgantown, West Virginia. The Mountaineers lead at 66-0 <laughs> over Rutgers. You have to have, have done, as Bill Parsons would Parcells would say you have to shop for the groceries. You got to do your 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 uh, your backgrounds. You got to go into the clubhouse. You got to talk to guys. You got to get little tidbits, little stories, anecdotes. Not only in your clubhouse, but in the other clubhouse, so you have stuff to talk about. I mean, you just you can't sit there and beat on your home team. That's that's not getting it done. That's not going to work. And he also can't go radio silent. So the way I look at it, you know, if, before the game, you know, I do my due diligence, talk to the manager, listen to what he has to say, talk to a few guys who I can catch, catch some guys around a batting cage and then catch some guys in the other clubhouse and and, and talk to the other broadcasters. I mean, you have to go around and you're culling information all the time. I love that Parcells, find your groceries line. But I yeah, guess, you got to shop, you gotta shop, you shop gotta, your let groceries. Me, let that. me shop for the groceries and make it happen. Yeah. I love that. But I guess you have to, you kind of have to fish a little more, though, when, like, when the team isn't playing as well for, for stories uh, and so on. Yeah, yeah. You, know, I, you know, I don't... 
I've done it for so long. I'm used to it now. So it's just part of my process. Sure. I don't, I don't sure. even think about it. And the, and the other thing, I'd like to think I've got natural curiosity and my newspaper background. And I mean, I was lucky enough to be recruited uh, by and work with, and not super closely, but certainly being his influence was Dick Young, one of the great columnists. I mean, I know politically hard hitting columnists. Yeah, hard hitting, and and politically we were di- you know we were diametrically opposed, but the way he did his job. Uh, the way he pursued this job and pursued information was something that I – that was one thing I took away. And I read years ago, Dick Young and Howard Cassell did not like each other. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's an understatement. That's a whole other show, yeah. Right, you could right. get, you could get uh, Howard's uh, uh, grandson, Colin, to talk about that probably. There's Got- still some old-timers older than I am. I can tell you about that. Yeah. Fun stories. Paul Schneiderman, if you're just tuning in on sports and stuff, on Rainier Avenue Radio with the Mariners TV man, uh, Dave Sims. Dave, you've, you've interviewed many, many people in the baseball and sports worlds. I mean, if I ever have you back, I'm sure we could just tell stories about the interviews you've done. Who's someone that you, that you have not interviewed that you love to interview? Real easy. We talked about him earlier. Sandy Koufax. I have not. I mean, I, I, I got it. It wasn't an on-air interview. Actually, I stole a newspaper guy, but I talked to Don Drysdale, got a picture with him uh, at the 1980 Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium. I've interviewed Willie Mays multiple times. Uh, Hank Aaron, one time we were at, uh, he was on Letterman's show when I was at WNBC, and he was at Letterman's uh, show upstairs on the sixth floor. And I went upstairs, and I said, where's Mr. Aaron going to be coming out? He says, see the door over there, wait for him right there. And I, I, I mean, like, almost tackled him. I said, Mr. Aaron, I do a radio talk show downstairs. Can you come down? He gave me a half hour. It was great. Uh, I mean, I... What a great guy to interview, Hank uh, Aaron. Yeah, oh, it gosh. was tremendous. Uh, Bart Giamatti, I had him on a couple, three times. He was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the late uh, uh, commissioner of baseball, you know, she, she must have died shortly thereafter. I mean, I've, I, again, I, I could sit here on day talking about some of the great people I've had a chance to, uh, to interview. So Just love to get Koufax on one day. Yeah, I that know, would I, be the one. I don't know if you'd ever Jim come Brown. on my little show either, you know, but, I, but yeah. great names, great names. Well, Dave, we got less than a minute left. Just so much fun to have a little uh, schmooze fest with you, and thank you so much for, for, for doing this on RainierAvenueRadio.world. What does the future hold for Dave Sims? Well... You know, I just uh, had a, a wedding anniversary of my 37th, and I want to keep that going. And, uh, you know, just onward and upward. We're, you know, hopefully the Mariners are going to turn this thing around at some point. Looking for the 2020 season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Spring training's not that many months away either. Well, I'm not, I'm not you know, I need a blow here. But, yeah, <laughs> I hear you. It'll be here before you know it. Well, Dave, enjoy the Baseball World Series this year. And uh, a lot of fun to have you on Rainier Avenue Radio. And that's uh, you and I stay in touch. Yeah, you bet, Paul. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Dave. Enjoyed it.